Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Chad, a well-deserved day off, the rest of the week off for him. Uh, enjoying some time with family, uh, getting some relaxation as uh, he heads into uh, football season. Can't wait to gear up. It's a very hurry-up-and-wait mentality now. We've kicked off camps, waiting on fall camp for uh, college football to get to be full swing and then you wait on the actual games in September. August is a long wait period because after a couple of preseason games, it's time to move on. Time to get the roster cuts and get to the season kickoff. It's a, uh, a long journey to get through the 31 days of August. Uh, Mike Gunzelman, the gun show, joins us in studio. He made the long journey across Nashville to join us in studio <laughs> at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Good to see you, man. Always a pleasure. Well. You know, it's so funny that that's, uh, that's how you introduced it because I literally did a uh, – I quote tweeted something earlier today. Belichick was at practice, and, you know, we're in media, and these are the dog days, essentially. Like, we yeah. just need football to start. Today's big quote that it was maybe somebody – I don't want – athletic or NFL, NFL.com. Somebody – I don't want to say who it was from. Somewhere up there. I quote tweeted it. The story today was Bill Belichick is not going to go see the Barbie movie, but he thinks that he's going to go see Oppenheimer. It's like we're at Super Bowl week and there's nothing to, like, of all things, that's what we're talking about? Like, please, for the love of God, can football games happen sooner than that? And we're tweeting about Bill Belichick's thoughts on Barbie, for crying out loud. We need he, games immediately. Honestly, I don't even care Scott about— Scott Pioli. Where, was yeah. that on NFL Network? It was NFL Network. Yeah, I mean, that's what's happening. And, like, I don't even think he was being funny. I think he's just desperate for something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's, it reminds me of Super Bowl Media Week where it's just like, please, can the game already happen? And I normally don't really care about the Hall of Fame game. It's going to happen tomorrow. But I'm, I'm, a, you know, I'm a big baseball guy, but I'm a Yankee fan. And my team, I'm so depressed and down that I am so looking forward to tomorrow night's game. Plus, it's Zach Wilson for the Jets. I'd love to see what happens there. Is he going to just be a, an absolute failure? Because, listen, I'm all about Aaron Rodgers. I am a Jets fan. But if something goes wrong with Rodgers... We're screwed. <laughs> like, you know, well, it's I mean, a lot of pressure on him. Wilson counts more against the cap now after the restructure and yeah. the new contract for Rodgers than Rodgers does yeah. this year, which is kind of crazy. So we How happy are got. you, though, about the Mets? <laughs> you know what? The Mets might be the worst. They might have gone down in history as the worst colossal collapse of a franchise ever in sports. I love to talk to you about this. I got it coming up on iokick.com as well. The Mets went into this with the historic, the highest payroll ever, $364 million, all right? They were always with the Wilpons. Wilpons, they were notorious for not spending money whatsoever. They couldn't. They were involved in the Lehman Brothers stuff and all that, you know, all that, whatever. They bring in Steve Cohen, billionaire. This guy is a billionaire. I love this dude. Yeah, he, he only bought the team because he's a Mets fan. It's like it's like playing with Legos for him. You know what I mean? He was dropping money. He's a fan, but he's, he. I mean, he's calculated. also. Yeah, he, yes, yes, he's not emotional. 
Yeah. Uh, when it comes to you know firing the manager, the, anyone in the front office, instead he just continues to hire. I, I I love what he said about hey, you know we we took a big swing. I yeah. consider this money already lost. Yeah. And if the guys want to get traded, we'll consider that. But I mean, if they want to stick around, they yeah. I've already paid them guaranteed money, and they all have no trade clauses. But you realize this all happened within four months. It is oh. August 1st yesterday, and the Mets, I'm telling you, They're I, in the wrote, cellar I came and they were on sellers. here, I talked about it with you. I said that Major League Baseball will probably go on strike because of somebody like Steve Cohen because he's buying everybody. He went in, it was World Series or bust. Now, some are trying to be like, oh, you know, they're changing their tone now. You dropped $360 million. There was no way. It had to be at least a championship that they were going to, NLC, you know, the National yeah. League championship that they were going to. The Mets might not even make the playoffs. And then they dealt. They're, they're they, not going to. Yeah. They, they dealt Justin Verlander yesterday. They paid him two years, $86 million. Don't tell me that you weren't going all in. And then they got rid of Max Scherzer the other day before that, dropped a ton of money on him. Why did Max Scherzer waive his no-trade clause? It's reported because he had a conversation with Steve Cohen, the billionaire owner. He goes, um, yeah, like we're not, we don't see ourselves competing. We're going for a three- to five-year rebuild right now. Well, I, I, excuse me? So my question to you and even the audience out there, because I think it is a good one. If you're a fan of whatever team out there, you follow sports, have you seen a rags with the Wilpons to riches with Cohen to now back to the rags? Like, has there been any other team that had such high expectations that they collect? They might not even make the playoffs most likely, bro. I know. I, I have a hard time, though, thinking that he's not going to dive right back in with the money that he's... But just, but, but just look at this season. I mean, it's done. Oh, Tra- yeah. yeah there's, I'm saying for one season only, they had the expectation you have to win the World Series. You set, you have, They literally have a Cohen tax because of this guy. $360 million, and now they're not even making the playoffs. Yeah, Has mean, there ever been a single season of a letdown like that? Well, I, from a football perspective, um, you know, I think about the Washington Redskins from like the... 2009 to 2011, I think, when Shanahan was the head coach. Okay. They loaded up. They gave, like, Albert Hainsworth had a $100 million contract at the time, and, and then they went and used him in, like, the uh, three technique and uh, used him the wrong way and barely right. uh, moved him around the way he was here in Nashville. Like, that, they spent a ton of money and loaded up in trades and free agency, unlike we had seen, and there were high expectations there. I, I'm, I'm, you pick a year with the Dallas Cowboys since they last won a championship in the 90s. And, you know... Um, I heard Detroit Detroit Lions 2008 was an example that people had been given that they had like kind oh, of like high expectations. Their, well, they're, they're, yeah. what they lost every game, I think, that year. Yeah. Or was it the year after Or just like, or like it was just a disa- yeah. disaster. Yeah. Even yeah. the Bruins last year, the Bruins set like the record for the most wins. I mean, it was hockey and stuff. and But like, and then they got bumped in the first round. But yeah. I, I from, from a Cohen perspective, though, Guns, I... I, he's the. I would love him as my team's owner, like because of the fan approach and the fact that he's going to pay all these taxes on the payroll. And he's going to spend top dollar. And I mean, all, all of the hype was about who he brought in and the fact that he has all of these all stars and you know Cy Young winners. But they're all gone now. Though. But yeah, they're all gone. But they all had no trade clauses, and he's still sent them out to get. Uh, some 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 upcoming prospects. Yeah, prospects. Do you but, think he got cold feet though? That's the big question. Does he have cold feet? Realizing because you know you look at the teams like the Rays. I mean the Astros are both like because it's so anagl- you, you can stack your team. It worked when Steinbrenner was doing it for all those years, and I'll admit it as a Yankees fan, we just bought everybody. Yeah, but has Dodgers the game too. changed so much that you? It, 
you know, it sometimes might not matter. Do you think he's realizing that, like, hey, you can't play it like a toy right now? Is he going to get cold feet for going out? Like, do you think he's going to get Otani? If he really didn't care, he probably would get Otani. I don't know if the Mets are going to get Otani. Yeah, but, but if he hits free agency, I mean, Cohen's the type of owner that'll pay him the we'll $600 see, we'll million that, yeah. dollar deal, though. Yeah, But he's like, rebuilding now, though. They're supposed to be rebuilding. Well, you rebu- You're not rebuilding with Otani. <laughs> you, can re- you can retool the same way and bring in vets and replace the vets that you've traded off. Right. I. It is, it is fascinating, though, for, for, for a team to go and set, like, it, because obviously there's no, there's no cap, and that's the difference between baseball compared to all the other sports with the caps and everything, is to go from all this hype and you're supposed to win and you're not even going to make the playoffs. I love seeing it because I, oh, I, I love drama and I love chaos. But like, well, and the Yankees oof. love it because they're not the top payroll that's getting crushed right now for losing. It's now the yeah. Mets. Yeah. It should have been the Dodgers and what how they bowed yeah. out. It's know? fun, man. Um, it's fun times. Uh, so Taylor Swift, <laughs> I don't I don't know what she has made on this uh, world tour, the the tour where it's like not even three hours up the road, three consecutive nights, and then moving on to the next city right. three hours down the road. Um, but she's gifting her members of her staff. And, crazy. and crew uh, incredible dollar figures yeah. for being a part of this tour. Listen, whether you hate Taylor Swift, and I can understand why people, because it can be annoying or whatnot, or you, you are a fan of her, and I can understand why that. Clearly, you know, she pretty much broke Ticketmaster and Live Nation <laughs> single-handedly with her and her Swifties. Uh, this has been an absolute success of a tour. Supposed to make, make in the end, about $1 billion. Now, wow. that's overall. But, I mean, that's yeah. a, you're talking about records when it's all done. Now, well, she, she's not that's just off the rainwater they're reselling. Yeah, yeah. We've done that. There are people reselling the rainwater. The merch <laughs> lines are lined up for, I'm talking days, they line up for merch. Anyway, pretty cool move that she did here. Um, she randomly gave a $100,000 bonus to every single one of the truck drivers on the tour. Now, there's over 50 of them. So she gave over $5 million just as a random bonus in addition to everything else. Now, some people are like trolling and they're like, Oh, but she can afford it, but still, like, how many other billionaire, millionaire CEOs are, are like, she's essentially the CEO just to be like, hey, here's an extra $100,000 bonus for the blue collar trucker that gets no appreciation, no love, no support, doesn't see their family for months at a time. Nobody cares about the truck drivers out there. She did. I think well, that's cool. Think that, no, I'm not saying grand. I don't. I think that a lot of people take them for granted. $100,000 is, I mean, that's. Great money and out that, of nowhere. And, and, and her, she's got a massive number of those, right? Yeah, she got over 50, so she dropped $5 million out from her purse. Well, yeah. so, cool. like, uh, I was stunned when I heard that, like, Walmart's offering 100 grand salary for truck drivers. Are they? Well? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but, but again, like, I, I, stunned. Yeah. This is a great gift on whatever they were currently getting paid to. Yeah. That, that's the other thing. And coming for tell well us, done. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. All I got to say is well done. For as much criticism as she gets, whatever, $100,000 for some, that's. You know, depending on where you live, that's kind of life-changing money right there. Especially when it's a bonus out of nowhere. Let's go. And that's plus huge. the blue collar. I'm all about blue collar people Same. winning. Same. Absolutely. They're doing the grunt work yeah. and getting nothing in return. In yep. this case, they do. Uh, so Jake Paul loses to Tommy Fury this coming weekend in the re- return bout for him. He's got the the uh, the boxing match against uh, Nate Diaz, yeah. who has now completed his UFC contract. Uh, DAZN is going to have the pay-per-view, but ESPN Plus is also going to offer this. Is that right? Yeah, so uh, kind of probably the better move that ESPN's been, uh, that actually made, of course, the last couple weeks, last couple months. We've seen, you know, the ratings are in decline. They fired half their staff. Like, they're they're not in a good spot right now, ESPN. There's all these reports about what Disney's going to do with them, but I got to give them props. Props where props is due. They did make an agreement with DAZN. 
so that the pay-per-view for this upcoming Jake Paul, Nate Diaz, and listen, I'm not a huge Jake Paul fan personally myself all the time. I think he can be kind of annoying. I think a lot of these pseudo kind of boxing things are kind of just like, for you know, it's it, it, they're playing us, you know? But no this doubt. would be one to see, though, because Nate Diaz is probably, the Diaz brothers are the coolest people in the UFC and MMA by far. And Jake Paul needs to win here because he's coming off a loss. And here's the thing. For anybody, regardless of any sport, when you talk, when you talk, 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 all that smack, Conor McGregor seeing it now, it doesn't work when you get called out on it. So Jake Paul, because he's already coming off of a loss, if he loses again, nobody's going to take him nearly as serious. you got to win. So, like, Conor, Conor, like, Conor, great. Like, what are you doing? Win. I'm a big Conor McGregor fan. You know, at least in the octagon. Forget about all this stuff outside. Like, you got to win. You get called on it. Dude, you just lost twice in a row. All that smack talk doesn't mean right. nothing. So for whether you love Jake Paul and maybe, you know, when you're watching, maybe your kids do, obviously he's huge in YouTube and all that, like all that stuff, or whether you hate him, I still think it's a great move on ESPN because now not one's going to go to DAZN. You go to a bar, half the people don't even know what DAZN is. ESPN Plus, though, it's going to just bring in revenue and also bring in the buzz. Good move on ESPN uh, Plus is probably the only good thing that they've done in uh, months. <laughs> McGregor at least sells fights, you know. Yeah. I, I don't. I, there's not a lot of buzz about this, um, and, then, and maybe yeah. that's on Diaz's part too. Uh, I think Paul is going to win this, uh, just based on the boxing aspect. If this is uh, maybe, but he's not the favorite. I mean, he's he's a pretty significant underdog right now. I, I yeah. think it's a live dog in that case, despite what we saw with Tommy Fury, a trained boxer, uh, yeah. and uh, Diaz has knockout power. But I mean, Jake needs bottom line. Jake needs to win. And plus, Diaz, everyone loves Diaz. The Diaz brothers oh, are wild. Oh, they're great. Yeah. They're great. Oh, by the way, Logan Paul is in a SummerSlam. WWE. Uh, yeah. Saturday. He's, he, has, he requested the opening match of the pay-per-view. He's then leaving, hopping a private jet, headed. Is it, uh, is it in Dallas? Is where the, yes. The, uh, yeah. uh, his brother, Jake, it, it, he hopes to arrive. He's done the timing and the math. He <laughs> hopes to be walking into the arena as Jake Paul's walking to the ring. Love that. For the opening round. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a power play. That's you can do that when you're the uh, the Paul brothers out there. Hey, can I ask you something real yeah, quick? Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you. Uh, I took an Uber down here. Okay. All right. I did a story earlier today. You need to check this at Outkick.com, everybody. It is unbelievable. So the Uber CEO. All right. Uh, somebody was doing an interview with him in New York City, and uh, it was a reporter from Wired. And he goes, uh, he goes, hey, I just took a, it was a, a 2.8 mile trip down here. How much do you think it costs in an Uber? You're the CEO. How much do you think it costs? Guy goes, 20 bucks, $21. It was $57 plus five minutes earlier, it was 70 something dollars. And luckily he got it down. And the Uber CEO, CEO goes, oh, whoa, like, oh my God. How, like, I'm shocked. Like, what, are you kidding me? So then he tries blaming on surge pricing. I, I just love when we cut. That's I, their trick. Yeah, search price, and the guy credits the reporter. He goes, that doesn't make any sense. He goes, it's 10 a.m. He goes, it's a Tuesday morning. He goes, the president's not in town. What do you mean you're surge pricing? And then he goes, realizing this little weasel, the CEO, I hate, like, come on. Like, don't play us for fools. That that answer might work for other people, but good for the reporter for, oh, it's surge price. Like, you're the one. You don't even know about your system. I mean, I— uh, last time I went to New York City, my round-trip flight was less than a one-way Uber to the hotel from LaGuardia. And these people don't even know. So, <laughs> And they're only getting a certain – the drivers are only getting a certain percentage of And it's not even going to the drivers. Yeah, I, I know. Crazy. Uh, the uh, airports now have contracts with Uber. 
Unreal. Like kick, kicking out lift from like the pickup line and like uh, if you're ordering your Uber, you're headed to your All pickup shared. spot. Uh, BNA here in Nashville has that. Yeah. Uh, the Uber Uber drivers have priority, like Uber Black over Lyft yeah. in certain areas to pick up. I'm not saying Uber's bad, but it's just it just shows how out of touch. Like clearly, like you never like I, I truly I assume Elon Musk probably drives a Tesla. You know what I mean? Yeah. He owns Tesla. You would think the CEO of Uber might have taken an Uber once in a while. The fact that he was so off and his reaction saying, oh, my God, and then tries he tries at first saying, oh, surge pricing. Then he gets called out on that, realizing like <laughs> there shouldn't be surge pricing at 10 a.m. on a Tuesday morning. Then they go, then he goes, oh, what's inflation? <laughs> Don't do that. Do not give me the inflation, sir. There's no <laughs> – do not use that scam of a thing. Then Forbes does, a, uh, does an article. The last four years – Uber four times higher than everybody else according to inflation. Call people out where they're wrong. Not say don't take Uber. I take Uber, but you gotta love when CEOs are just like shocked. Call you're headed, everybody. You're headed out. back to New York, right? I'll be there. Hopefully. Yeah, take it, don't yeah. take an Uber. <laughs> Guns, thank you, brother. My man, rock and roll. Check out Mike Gunzelman's uh, great articles and columns at outkick.com. Armando Salguero, you can find him there and right here on Hot Mike next. If you followed me throughout the years, you know I'm a South Dakota girl at heart who grew up in a ranching family. And I know that America First isn't just a political movement. It's a kitchen table issue, literally. You know, I always support American family-owned companies, ranchers, and farmers who put high-quality meat products on the tables of their fellow Americans. And my friends at Omaha Steaks are the experts. With Father's Day right around the corner, what better gift to give Dad than the experience of world-class Omaha Steaks? This package includes a mouth-watering assortment of Dad's grilling favorites like Omaha Steaks Butcher's Cut Top Sirloins, Juicy Boneless Pork Chops, Deli-Style Gourmet Jumbo Franks, and their legendary Omaha Steaks Burgers. Go to omahasteaks.com and use promo code OUTKICK at checkout. Get mouth-watering gift packages starting at just $99. And as a bonus, use promo code OUTKICK to get $10 off your order. Cynthia Freeland of NFL Network, analytics expert. She'll join us in an hour. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on here across the Outkick Network. And... Armando Salguero, a part of this as well. Outkick.com is where you can find his great work covering all things National Football League. I can hear John Facenda in the background as he joins us uh, in his background from the Orange Bowl today. Good to see you, Armando. Hope things are well. You know how they say age before beauty? You know, you've heard this, right? Right, Jonathan? Uh, go ahead. So you have Cynthia Freeland coming on after oh, okay. me. This, I didn't know where hour. you were going with this, but yeah, yeah. So now I understand. Uh, I, I think actually it's ugly before beauty <laughs> is <laughs> the way you're, you're no, no, rolling no. today. Absolutely not. Hey, before I, I want to get to some of that, I'm curious, uh, your Pro Football Hall of Fame selector, is there one induction, one speech, anything like that this weekend that you're looking forward to the most? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there isn't. Well, you're getting ready for a, got, a big one you can in just, a couple of years with Brady. Well, you can basically forget the Peyton Manning type speeches now. It's it's over. That it's done yeah. because there will be no 30 minute speeches anymore. It, it's not going to be like that. Made there for TV no now. Con- 
Yeah, it's made for TV, and that means 10 to 12 minutes. So a lot of these guys that I've talked to, they, they, they're having a hard time. Yeah, they, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, are they telling, I are think, they telling you that because they're, they're going to have to omit you from their speech? Is that, is that what they're doing? <laughs> no, oddly enough, that's not the part that they're really struggling with, uh, to be quite honest. But, uh, you know, when you want to thank a lot of people and family and it goes back to high school for a lot of these guys and it goes back to, you know, uh, the start of their careers decades ago in some cases, it, 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 is, it is a task that, uh, that a lot of them are not looking forward to. I will say this, um, a lot of them have started to take the road of calling people that they don't mention mm. personally. And then, you know, doing the mentions on TV that they do, but everybody else that they want to mention, calling them on the phone. Armando Salguero, our guest on Hot Mike with Hunt and Withrow. Um, so I don't know if Dalvin Cook's phone is ringing off the hook, if anyone's calling him. Uh, but what I thought was a mutual, uh, everything went well type of visit with the Jets doesn't, based on a report, uh, I believe Darlington uh, said I, I was watching ESPN and uh, Jeff Darlington says that, that he was told every from players and those within the organization that he talked with it was bizarre he, he would describe it in one word as bizarre and the motives of why he was there why he was standing at practice maybe not linked with the Jets as much as maybe trying to lure other teams uh, to to show some interest do, do you buy that and where are we with all of this because from the jump, everyone assumed the Dolphins would be in the mix. They're certainly not going to overpay for him, like we're seeing across the running I, back market. Yeah, I definitely buy it. And the reason I buy it is, obviously, he's not signed yet, right? Yeah, right. And uh, he has a certain plateau. It was weird that the Jets, before they set up the visit, they didn't set a, a preliminary understanding with Dalvin Cook. It felt like this was almost a get to know you, but not a get to sign you kind of kind of situation. Um, and typically teams don't bring players into their facility, much less let them be on the field and for practice and meet the owner and meet the general manager and talk to the coach and talk to the starting quarterback who happens to be a four-time MVP without pretty much knowing that that dude is going to be on your team. Yeah. And the Jets let all of that happen. And they're going to have egg on their face if it turns out that, in fact, you know, another team sw swoops in and pays them more than what the Jets are offering. And it turns into, you know, what you used us. You used us. And that's, that's, that would be the first L for the Jets this season. You know this better than I, but but going back to you know 2005, 2006 for me, Pac-Man Jones, big holdout in camp, you know, and whenever he actually walked out at the end of one of the practices, we all knew that he had just signed, that the holdout was over. Like I'm assuming the players at Jets practice at camp, they're thinking, oh, Dalvin Cook just signed with us. You know, if you're in the middle of practice and you see him standing on the sideline. Uh, but it was just a, a random visit for a sales pitch that doesn't really feel like a sales pitch now uh, based on, I mean, he left the facility. 
Uh, Armando, uh, from uh, speaking of the Jets, Zach Wilson and the potential benefit of playing behind Aaron Rodgers this year, uh, and who knows whenever the contract expires where he ends up. But what can that mean for a career that has certainly been bumpy, and that's putting it mildly on how this has gone to begin an NFL uh, stint for for Wilson, who uh, was uh, a Highly decorated in college and had high expectations in the draft. Well, Zach Wilson gets what even Aaron Rodgers has called a quote-unquote reset, right? And so after the last two years where he clearly was not capable of leading an NFL franchise to any sort of success, he was shelved and replaced. And now he gets this year at least. Um, healthy, he gets this year to kind of go ahead and what? Reset. The problem here is, and he will play on Thursday night at the Hall of Fame game. The, the Jets were in the air as of 45 minutes ago. The problem here is that Zach Wilson has a twofold issue. Number one is his maturity. It's not been there, and it, ha- it wasn't there at BYU. It wasn't there early on with the Jets, and you saw glimpses of it, uh, and it rubbed some people wrong, including some people within his own locker room. And then the other thing was the fundamentals. Um, Aside from all the other stuff that rookie and young quarterbacks deal with, which is processing quickly, recognition quickly, learning the offense quickly, he had these other two issues that were just, you know, uh, glowing in neon as this, he's not going to make it. Yeah. And they're, they supposedly used the time last year where he was benched to clean up his fundamentals. I'm not sure that's all there yet. And only time and watching Aaron Rodgers and maybe learning from Aaron Rodgers is going to address the maturity. But you see, part of maturity is personality. Uh, if Zach Wilson decides I'm fine, you know, that's his personality telling him, uh, you know, that it's other people, not him. And that's a problem with maturity because he'll, he'll figure it out years from now when he knows I should have gone a different direction. Watching clips and I've only seen, you know, social media clips of practices around the league, um, Every time I see one of Dak Prescott, it's boom or bust, which is how you would describe his career. But I've, I've seen a lot of picks in practice. And, the, I mean, there's no, there's no holding back with Dak when he throws a pick based on the comments about or how he's misquoted or quote, whatever it was, uh, less than 10 picks or tip passes that were going to end up with interceptions. Uh, what do you make of this upcoming season for Prescott based on the money allocated to him coming off of the injury where he missed games and time last year. And I mean, up front that Martin's holding out. He wants a, he wants a big time deal. Jerry Jones, isn't going to give that. And it's time for a put up or shut up time for not just the head coach, not just uh, certain members of the roster, but specifically Dak Prescott on where he is tier wise for the quarterbacks across the league. He should be better than where he is based on the expectations of where he's playing. Tier is a good word when discussing Dak Prescott 
because he made a lot of people cry last year <laughs> and because he he shared the NFL lead in interceptions. And that's the thing that now hangs over. In 12 over. games. In 12 games. Yeah. That's the thing that now hangs over him because here we are, you know, hundreds of miles away from Dak Prescott discussing what? Dak Prescott training camp interceptions. There was a, a span last week where Trevor Lawrence threw an interception four days in a row, and no one said boo. You know why? Because Trevor Lawrence is trending upward, and everybody thinks tre tre Trevor Lawrence, who threw four interceptions in the first half of a playoff game, but no one's saying anything because Trevor Lawrence is trending in the right direction, and the, the organization is pleased in the manner where, in which he is advancing. Dak Prescott has that cloud over him of you led the league in interceptions or tied for it. And now we're going to put you under the microscope because you play for the Dallas Cowboys and everything that the Dallas Cowboys do is newsworthy. And you're the quarterback. Bad news for you. That's a bad combination. And so <laughs> he needs to, I'm going to say the obvious, stop throwing into double coverage yes stop experimenting in uh practices because a lot of what these guys are doing now is just to see what they can get away with against certain defenses a lot of these throws to be honest with you are meant to fail but maybe Dak Prescott has to stop doing that to get the pressure off of him a little bit either that or he's impervious and doesn't care and Dak is going to do Dak, and we'll see whether that works come the regular season. Armando, does Jalen Ramsey have a chance to return this season for Miami? He believes he does. And I know it's been widely reported that December is the time where he would, you know, be likely back. Um, a very um, decorated, experienced reporter <laughs> at Outkick.com last week uh, reported that it would be November. And one of my favorite guys, he's a very good guy. And today, Adam Schefter got on the Pat McAfee show and said that November is the time where we're starting to look at Jalen Ramsey coming back from that knee surgery. Obviously, that is an optimistic view. But for Jalen Ramsey, it's realistic. Because he, as he told his coach, whatever the timetable is, I will beat it. And now he's posting every day how he, he has posted daily updates. I'm 1-0 against the rehab. I'm 2-0 against the rehab. He's 5-0, he posted today. So the dude's undefeated in rehab. As long as the, there are no setbacks, he's got a chance to play in November. Armando's got the league covered, injuries covered, and more uh, at Outkick.com. Final thing for you, uh, Nathaniel Hackett saying that Sean Payton crossed the line. Uh, there's a coach's code that you just don't do or say or show that Sean Payton certainly did. Uh, while there are players on the Jets roster that are coming to Hackett's defense, I, I mean, they're for all the coaches in violation of code, uh, I haven't heard coaches say that anything that Sean Payton said on the record was wrong. No one disagrees with what Sean Payton says about last year in Hackett and Denver. Yeah, that's a great point by you. 
the idea that there's a coach's code that you don't say these things is one thing. The idea that what you said is not true and I am a really good coach is another thing. And I would much rather have heard if I'm the New York Jets and I'm Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets, I would much rather have heard my offensive coordinator say, I am a really good coach. He's wrong. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And I'm going to show you. But instead, he went to, we shouldn't criticize one another. Glass houses. Yeah. Well, guess what, dude? (laughs) It's the NFL. Put on your big boy pants. And you messed up last year. That was bad. The, the, The job you did as the head coach of the Denver Broncos last year. And yes, it caused a firestorm in Denver. But it was true which is the major problem that people don't focus on right now. Armando, always great, man. Love uh, the, the great work covering the camps and all the news across the league at outkick.com. Uh, and good luck with the grind. I, I mentioned earlier, August 31st is what we're all looking for on the horizon because September rolls around. Week one is just after that. And it's a, it's a long time to the end of the month, especially in the, the, the camp circuit. And uh, we've got plenty of preseason games coming up, which is not a good thing for me. So good luck with all that. Thank you. Appreciate you, Jonathan. A lot of third string uh, quarterbacks. <laughs> USFL will be in attendance uh, looking for options there. Armando Salguero, uh, the best. You can check out again at outkick.com. Uh, his comments on Zach Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and more. Coming up, the... Security at the stadium that you attend, they're not paid well, especially those that have to chase streakers like happened last night in Miami. That's next on Hot Mike. Hey, I'm a dad, and I know what dads want for Father's Day. They want steak, world-class Omaha steaks. Look, dads deserve top-quality American beef, and that's what you'll get with Omaha Steaks as their Father's Day gift. I gift Omaha Steaks constantly to guests on my show. Urban Meyer, the football coach, Mike Krzyzewski, the basketball coach, Kevin Pritchard, general manager of the Indiana Pacers, just to name a few, have received the gift of steak, Omaha Steaks, from me. Order mouth-watering gift packages starting at just $99, and as a bonus, use promo code DAN to get $10 off your order. Give the gift that I give to guests on my show. Mouth-watering gift packages from Omaha Steaks starting at just 99 bucks. And as a bonus, use promo code DAN to get $10 off your order. Sack up and get your dad something he'll love this Father's Day. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. Glad you're with us. So conference realignment, a big story across college football. This has been going on for a couple of years now. It continues with the Pac-12 and, of course, the Big 12. Who's leaving? Who's staying? Who's happy with this media deal that George Klyavikov addressed with the presidents and chancellors yesterday? Still don't know the monetary value of the floor and the ceiling. Uh, That will certainly come up and the coming hours or coming days with all of this as programs are deciding to stay or leave. Brett McMurphy, 
of the Action Network, he tweets out a big program involving the ACC. Now, keep in mind, the ACC has said that they're open to expansion. Meanwhile, a member program, Florida State, through Brett McMurphy, FSU President Richard McCullough, quote, we are not satisfied with our current situation. We love the ACC. Our goal is to stay in the ACC, but to stay in the ACC under current situation, hard for us to figure out we, how we remain competitive unless there is a major change in revenue distribution within the conference, within the ACC. And he continues, uh, Richard McCullough does, as uh, president of F FSU, um, that they're threatening to, they may threaten to leave the conference. Quote, I think Florida State at some point will consider leaving the ACC unless there is a radical change in distribution. Uh, a trustee for Florida State, Drew Weatherford, quote, it's not a matter of if we leave the ACC, but how and when we leave. That is certainly the topic that we have discussed for a bit based on their grant of rights expiring in 2036. But the buyout and the value for Florida State or Miami or Clemson, Carolina, and others, will there be the Southeastern Conference, the Big Ten, the haves, or is it one of the current have-nots that's still within discussion, within a, a holding pattern and not on the outside looking in like the Pac-12. A lot will be determined with all of this. But Florida State is saying, pay us more. Everyone's getting the same right now. Uh, Clemson has also been vocal with this. They want more than what the average ACC athletic program gets from ESPN and the grant of rights agreement across the conference. If I'm Oregon, I'm thinking the same thing. If I'm Washington, I'm thinking the same thing based on the member institutions of the Pac-12, that would be why I want to bail and go to the Big Ten. There was uh, floated out that the ACC's looking into Oregon and Washington as potential uh, members of their conference. That part doesn't make sense based on the $36 million that's distributed to each program currently under their rights agreement in the ACC. Meanwhile, upwards of $100 million in the Big Ten. Uh, Spring and Davey Hudson, before we get to uh, Let's Get Weird, what do you make of this, Davey, uh, uh, the threats here? Because this is on the record, and I think the, the threats from Colorado and, and you know others have been behind the scenes where you gamble by not doing anything or not showing the numbers if you're Klyavikov because yeah. you didn't have anything. Meanwhile, the ACC has something. They're just locked in for a, a long period of time as we sit here in 23 and they're going to 36, 2036 on the calendar. Well, there's two ways you can think about this. One, you talk about the buyout fee of leaving the ACC. That's a, that's a high mark to make. But if you look at it, well, we're under this contract for the next 13 years. You're going to lose more by staying at your current rate than you would be if you go ahead, you get out and go somewhere else. And if you're Florida State, yeah, you're making some threats, but now's the time to do it while other people are looking. And if I'm the Big 12 why keep looking west whenever I can look east and see Florida State down there? Uh, I mean, Florida State would be a better school to grab than, I, I would argue, than Washington, Oregon, Utah, all those other schools that are currently buying maybe to make that move to the Big 12. So if, if you're Florida State here, you can at least say, 
hey, there's some stuff happening. Either you give us what you what we want, ACC, or we're looking to make that move. I, I like the threat. Now it could come back to bite you, but with how everything's shaken up, not a bad play on uh, Florida State's part. Jeff Swaim uh, tweeted out uh, the update on FSU as we're now hearing it, it would be a negotiated buyout of the contract. Last year, there was a report that it would cost up to $500 million to leave based on the, the length of the contract media-wise that's still within uh, the ACC and their grant of rights. Uh, the buyout of the contract was is down to $300 million, but paid in installments of close to $30 million annually. So if you're leaving for $100 million a year or leaving for $60 million a year, you're still going to have what you have currently, and then you have the installment payments of whatever you would get on top of that if you're getting the SEC-type money or the, AC, or the, the, uh, the Big Ten-type money. Again, uh, SEC also said they weren't going to to buy out the, the deal yeah. with the Big 12 for Texas and Oklahoma, and they're doing that a year early. Well, even if Florida State ultimately is able to buy out of this or they get the bigger revenue share, it's not going to last forever. We've seen that. It didn't work for Texas and Oklahoma. They were getting it. Other schools have tried to make that play before. Ultimately, the ACC is not going to be able to stay afloat if they're letting certain schools get more money. And again, like it's every other year now we're seeing something happen from a conference realignment schedule and this yeah. is just we knew these tv deals were coming up and now uh, the chickens are coming home to roost no doubt um coming up in about 14 15 minutes from now if there are further developments with this or response we'll we'll certainly have that in our headlines here on hot mic uh but with davy here across the studio from it is time for let's get weird <laughs> Feel bad for the radio people right now. Well, Anchorman. <laughs> we simply say Anchorman with the, uh, the bear. And uh, what was the dog's name? Baxter. Baxter. That's right. Let's get weird. So, how are we tying in this scene of uh, the yes. the bear at the zoo uh, in Anchorman? Anchorman, absolute classic. But we we're tying yes. that in because there has been a video going around on social media, and in this video, there is a sun bear at a zoo in China that people are saying is a human in a bear costume. I know yesterday we talked about Toko, the Japanese man that identified as a dog. Yes. Now we have people examining this video, going to the next level to see if this is actually just this zoo putting a man in a bear costume to go out there and entertain the uh, visitors uh, that have decided to stop by this exhibit. So this does look like a dude in a bear costume, as I see it, uh, make the make the rounds on social media uh the re the hands and the waving <laughs> standing on uh two legs uh the zoo in china is denying that this is some setup it even has the patch on the chest like if you're a mascot where you'd be looking out of you know oh you're saying that's that's where oh so the head's okay I see yeah because the head doesn't really move in this video it's it's bizarre man uh, i i although like i've seen videos of cats standing up yeah uh, the sun bear, I, I fully believe this is an actual bear. Everything from that I've read from biologists and wildlife <laughs> experts say this is a bear. And the sun bear is the smallest of all bears. And it also, you can notice that patch you're talking about. That's one of the things that helps it stand out. But they're native to southeastern Asia. And it's just a bear that they said often stands up on its back legs will sometimes even carry its young while walking like a human with the, the baby bear, the cub, in its hands. So, or its front paws. So, they I mean, say it even this is uncommon. It's even kind of, like, on the video, like, if 
if these are pants, he's kind of sagging a bit if it's a dude in this costume. I know you're, you say, I, like, there's the, it's, uh, you would have to pin up the, uh, the pants to the waistband to remove the excess material that this bear is showing. Uh, it's, I understand why people think this is a, yeah. another person in a costume. Uh, whoever it is, hopefully uh, they didn't spend the type of money that the guy in the, the dog outfit on Sesame Street did so, to become this dog. So this isn't my fact of the day, but it is, I guess you're going to get a little extra cherry on the top. Okay. But did you know that all panda bears are legally owned by the Chinese government? No. So every panda that is in this world is pretty much on loan by the Chinese government to whichever zoos you might come across a panda at. So there is no panda that's legally owned by somebody like, except for the Chinese government. Are there animals like that in the U.S.? I'm trying to clearly the bald I, I doubt eagle. it. Uh, but I mean, there's bald eagles that are native to Canada, right? Sure. But like uh, yeah. if a bald eagles, like there are like 40 or 50 bald well, eagles in Tennessee. If one is, uh, has a nest on my family farm, yeah. there's nothing you can do about it. Like it's, it owns that property now. Yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, know of anything like that in the U S I mean, they don't remove it is what I'm saying. Like they, yes, but for whatever reason, uh, the Chinese government is, was, it's well documented uh, whenever it comes to if they, if they own something and they want to keep it uh, under wraps, they, they got a pretty good uh, way of making sure they get what they want. There. All right. So uh, for time here, let's save the fact of the day for later in the show because okay. I want to get to the um, I, I do want to get into the streaker last yes. night that was able to evade security and then hurdle uh, a wall in Miami. So we have video of this. There was a streaker last night at the Miami Marlins and uh, the Philadelphia Phillies game. This guy managed to Is get he on naked? the field. Hey. He's, he's not naked. See, a lot of people think if you're a streaker, that means you completely lose your clothes. By definition, yeah. you do not have to lose your clothes to be a streaker. But if, if we're going streaking, tying it back in well, if we're going to Will old, Ferrell, not Anchorman, yes. but old school, I would like, I, I thought, you know, Oh, we got a streaker in Miami. This this guy's so, bearing all. Well, and that was one of the reasons. Now, I have read, and I refuse to believe this, that okay. he was eventually apprehended. I want to personally just think this guy was one of the few that was able to get away, escape all security. I mean, they don't have him getting caught on tape, but they said, like, later on, uh, they were able to catch him. But I, I do think, I, I don't know, I'll need to look at the where that the streaking definition came from as far as did once old school came out, is that how we just automatically assumed if you're going streaking, you're losing your clothes? No, I mean, uh, w- um, what's his name? Uh, Ray Stevens had the song uh, about the, the streak um, uh, from the, the parody days yeah. in country music. Uh, this has been going on a while. Okay. Well, some would call it a fetish. More, more digging on that, but yeah, that's so uh, uh, tying in the security at stadiums, well underpaid. Most are hourly, uh, in some cases, they have buses that will bring in security, drop them off the stadium, and then pick them up after uh, whatever event, concert, sporting event, whatever. Um, making somewhere between like $17 an hour to upwards of 30 And they are the last line of defense. This is why I'm all about, like Bobby Wagner just waylaid one of the streakers in uh, with the Rams during one of their games. Uh, the last line of defense is someone that you know is trying to make ends meet and that's their weekend gig and they're the ones that have to go and tackle the guy that's not wearing pants as he crosses the 50 yard line like it's 
I, I saw I saw uh, some that were, you know, how could this security guy get, you know, uh, beaten out of the stadium by the streaker? And I'm thinking, well, I mean, I wouldn't want to tackle a naked guy. But in this case, he fully clothed, which is very surprising considering the craziness. That This is definitely a dare more than – they should, they should implement, we were talking about Sean Payton earlier, like uh, they should implement a bounty gate system for security guards if they do tackle the streaker. It's like, it's an automatic $50 added to your, uh, to your check at the end of the night. We have no idea now what these people are up to as they run across the field. Remember the one uh, in L.A. had the, like the smoke bomb? Yeah. The, the pink or blue smoke bomb. Like it, I, I wouldn't know what to do. And then again, they're just trying to get back to their gig on Monday morning. Oh, yeah. And the, I expect the protesting to continue, so uh, we'll probably even see more examples. But those people usually aren't trying to continue to evade. But I, I did, uh, well, speaking of evading real quick, Hut, on the yeah. way out. So we've t- I think you and Chad talked about it Monday, made a joke about it yesterday. But we do have an update on uh, Lindsay Shiver? Shiver, Shiver, Shiver that's right, yeah. Uh, Who tried to kill her husband or separ- uh, divorced uh, I, I can't. I, were they separated at the time of this murder for hire? Yes. Uh, husband Robert, who was a long snapper at Auburn. So he actually paid $100,000 for her bail. She has to remain in the Bahamas, but he paid for her to get off on he bail. He did? He did, yep. Uh, and, and then, I mean, obviously the divorce. Because is she's for watching the kids? Adulterous conduct, uh, conduct. No, but he is asking the courts for full custody of the children and to retain his $2.5 million mansion that the couple shared. I'm not bailing anyone out that tries to kill me. More with Davey coming up. We also have uh, big news in the NFL next.